We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? Webb, I am so happy today. It's just a great day for everyone in the country. Everyone should be happy today. How are you feeling? It's a sad day for Laker fans. Let's start the show with that. We are going to get to the tournament. We are going to get to some football signings. But let's begin with LeBron James having a high ankle sprain on his right ankle out indefinitely. Webb, the Lakers right now are in the three seed, so not very dominant. They've went on a severe decline since Anthony Davis got hurt. They're only three games above sixth place. It is very possible when LeBron comes back, they are out of the playoffs. How you feeling, buddy? How you feeling? That is not even going to happen. Where do you come up with this stuff? It's easier than you think. Uh, so, yeah, losing LeBron is obviously a, a, a big crushing blow uh, for the Lakers. Um, yeah, you could see it in the game against Atlanta. Uh, just a difference, especially not having AD as well. The Lakers seem severely undersized right now. They didn't sign uh, Damian Jones. So you have to think that they're a front runner to sign you know, a big man if they're bought out. And, yeah, losing LeBron's a huge, huge blow for obvious reasons. Court vision, the size, getting to the basket, the scoring, leadership, the experience, so many other things that I can name. But um, I do think he'll be back sooner rather than later. Uh, they said that it would be perhaps three to four weeks, but the indefinite tag could make it even longer than that. However, I do feel that he'll be back sooner rather than later. So I don't think he'll be out for an entire month necessarily, but high ankle sprains are, are, are pretty painful and they're pretty bad. He's not a spring chicken. He's 36. So let's see what happens, not to mention the playoffs. And you're ridiculous for saying that the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. Um, they do have a bit of a tough stretch coming up, but I do think that this team is good enough. Uh, to to do well and and I think that the team will do do um, their due diligence and and sign a high caliber player uh, when they're on the market. I didn't say the Lakers will miss the playoffs. I said it's possible when LeBron comes back they could be out of the playoff seating. That's possible. Nah. It's not a. I mean Anthony Davis when he had his own team were they like in the playoffs every year? I can't remember. Were they? They were not very good in New Orleans. Just Anthony Davis. I, That's I'm, just right. to... I'm not worried. So when is when is Anthony Davis coming back? That's a good question. I don't think there's no timetable for him to come back yet. Is it ideal when your two main stars have no timetable to return? Is that ideal? I can't remember that happening before and being a good thing. No, it's bad. However, the Lakers are still a good team. Um, they have they play very well against Phoenix uh, on Sunday night. Um, and they won that game. Close. I assume against they won that game against Phoenix. Oh, but Phoenix is a good team. Ooh, they lost. That's not good. It's not good. It's gonna. It's not gonna be easy. But uh, there's New Orleans on Tuesday, so New Orleans might win that one. They have a little bit of an axe to grind. They've been absolutely trashed since they got Anthony Davis and haven't been able to beat the Lakers. Have Philly on Thursday coming up. Have the Cavs on Friday. Orlando Magic on the Sunday, and then the Bucks to close out the month on the 31st. So not an easy stretch, but I think there are some winnable games there. Um, and then it gets a little tougher in the beginning of April with Sacramento, the Clippers, the Raptors, Miami, and Brooklyn. 
So, the, you just named like 12 or 13 games. How many of those games did the Lakers win? I think they can beat the Pelicans. Um, I think they can beat them. I don't know if they will. I think... I think they can beat the Cavs. I think they can beat Orlando, so that's three. Um, I think they can beat Sacramento, four. That might be it. Who is the Lakers' best player now? Who's the go-to scorer on the Lakers right now? Oh, man. It's going to have to be Schroeder. Schroeder or Kuz? Yeah, all those Schroeder teams, he was a lead scorer. They worked out really well for those teams on Atlanta and such. I remember those 70-win teams. That's all right, man. We also have Trez, who, you know, is very good uh, coming off the bench. He's going to... Provide a great spark. He needs to stay healthy. Cruz has looked really good uh, over the last month. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker has been really good over the last, and actually the entire season, actually. We need some guys to step up. We need Wes Matthews to step up, who's been trash this year. Uh, we need KCP to be consistent. You were relying on Wes Matthews like it's 2012, and I have so much joy in this. Oh, God, it's so funny. We just need him to step up shooting from the outside. That's it. The Lakers don't have, haven't had good shooting for for years from the perimeter, and uh, when everyone's out, uh, they, they're going to need one of those areas to improve. Um, so when AD and LeBron are in, the outside shooting still trash. So right now, when AD and LeBron are out, we're going to have to improve in some area. So hoping it's outside shooting. Competing in these games. Well, good luck there, buddy. Good luck. Let's move on to an injury that I actually care about. LaMelo Ball, the prohibitive favorite to win Rookie of the Year on the surging Charlotte Hornets, who are in at the eighth seed, something the Lakers will understand very soon when they're the eighth seed, has broken, has a fractured wrist, and is out. He could be out the rest of the season. I had my doubts about LaMelo coming out. He has proven to be extremely fun to watch and way better than I thought he was going to be. What does this mean for Charlotte Webb? Uh, They're they're in big trouble. They're going to have to rely on the health of Gordon Hayward now and some of their guards, uh, Devontae Graham, uh, Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, some of those guys to step up. P.J. Washington needs to be consistent. He's had some really good games this year, but he needs to be consistent. Uh, Miles Bridges... Uh, needs to be consistent as well. And Gordon Hayward has to stay healthy. So it's a huge blow for Charlotte as well. Probably ends their um, their run at the playoffs, I think, honestly, unless they make a move. And uh, LaMelo Ball is huge. Can't believe you doubted him, Coop. It was the not playing in America thing and running to the Australian League. I don't like the whole Ball family. I think LeVar made me question LaMelo. Which was wrong. I shouldn't have held the, the sins of the father against the son, but I did. It wasn't like Lamelo was playing against great competition in Australia. We didn't know he would be this good. Otherwise, he would have been the first pick, right? Well, not to brag, but I said I said he should have been the first pick. I would have taken him over Anthony Edwards, um, just because I think you can get guys like Anthony Edwards a dime a dozen. A point guard like this, uh, athletic, you know, court vision. And just truly has a lot of confidence this early on. I, I don't think it's that common that you have that. Um, so I wanted to go with him. And he has a size as well. But I didn't know he was going to be this good this quickly. But I still think that Minnesota would have rather had him than Anthony Edwards. Long story short, it's a huge, huge blow. Minnesota could not have taken De- uh, 
They could not have taken LaMelo Ball. Why? Because D'Angelo Russell is the point guard. And I assume he's stitching on everybody if they draft someone. He's got <laughs> pictures of people. He's telling on everybody. The general manager, the equipment room guy, security. Everybody's getting told on if they replace D'Angelo Russell. They can't risk that in the building. That's dangerous. That's a good point. But I would, I'm only kind of joking. I genuinely mean that. I would have, I would have definitely shifted D'Angelo to the two, uh, run with with Melo, and um, if, if if D'Lo wasn't working out, I would have shipped off D'Lo. I would try, but I'm not sure he is a big commodity in the league anymore. I think people have soured on him quite a bit around the league. He has been, he's just a scorer who can do very little else. And he's not that great a scorer either. Exactly. But I mean, at in three years, I don't want to look back and say, oh man, we could have taken Lamelo, uh, but we had to take Anthony Edwards because we had D'Lo. D'Lo's not going to be on this team in three years. And I would just hate for that to be the reason that I do that. I, I agree. I think uh, Lamelo, I hope, I understand them not rushing him back. They have no chance at winning a title. His health long-term is more important. But I am sad that he's not going to play the rest of the year because he has been so much fun to watch. And relying on Gordon Hayward to stay healthy is not ideal. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also sad because he, he might not win Rookie of the Year now. Um, I think they're probably going to give it to Anthony Edwards or Tyrese Halliburton. I think Wiseman still has an outside ch- chance. So I think Golden State's going to start playing him more when he gets back from the COVID list. But pe- they keep showing these Anthony Edwards dunks. Like, oh, these dunks are insane. I think they they're are. pumping. But they're pumping him up a lot more to have him win Rookie of the Year. I think that's the plan. Maybe, but he's those dunks have been pretty vicious, man. He's he, he he's a great athlete and great in-game dunker. And um, when you see it actually, you know, I don't want to say live, but like in the actual game itself, in the moment, um, it, 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 it's pretty pretty impressive. And he's had some really good games as well. He just doesn't shoot it an efficient um, clip. And they're playing for the Wolves. The Wolves are trash, so he basically has the green light. So he's he's, he's done pretty well with uh, Malik Beasley suspended, so I think he has a good chance at winning it. But if, this, if the Kings are like in the ninth spot or they're in the, one of the playing games, I think it should probably go to Tyrese Halliburton if they're not going to give it to LaMelo. I don't know why. I'm just never that excited about dunks anymore. Blake Griffin's dunk last night was the most exciting dunk for me for the last year. Because I didn't what? think he could do it. Blake Griffin dunked again. He hadn't dunked in like two years. And I was amazed by this. Besides that, I don't, I don't care about dunks that much anymore. Yeah, well, Blake, uh, I don't know, man. Blake is not the, the guy that I think you want him to be anymore. He dunked for the first time in two years, okay? Give that man his respect. Wow. Well, that just shows that it's a big deal, like, how exactly. much of his game people really care about. Sure. Okay. Let's move on to a gigantic signing in football. Dory Jackson, former first-round pick by the Tennessee Titans, was released a few days ago. The Giants, the New York Giants, just signed him to a three-year deal. Thir- three years, $39 million, $26 million guaranteed. This is a gigantic contract for Dory Jackson. I did not think he would get this, especially after the, some of the signings we've seen other players get. Do you like this move, move for the Giants? Yeah, I do. I like what they're doing uh, this offseason. The Giants... I think last week you said, or a while ago, you said that the 
the Washington football team is the, the favorite for the NFC East. I think it, right now I'd, I'd go with the Giants. Um, I like what they've done so far. Obviously, there's still a lot more to go. We're far ways away from the season, but I, I like what the Giants are doing. And uh, I like the secondary that they have. Tell me why Daniel Jones is not just bad Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, because he has a lot more youth. He has a little bit of potential. I don't think they're going to be the long-term solution, but um, I don't know. I, I think this team can do well, even without Danny Dimes being, you know, a top 12 quarterback. I will never forgive him for falling down on that open run. That was I think it's... I think his teammates will never respect him. I think the Giants are doomed for failure because of that. It was bad. It was bad, yeah. It was kind of like the Mark Sanchez butt fumble that thing that's going to probably live with him for or follow him along uh, for a long period of time. Back to Dory Jackson. I do not like this deal for the Giants. I love it for Dory Jackson. Get all the money you can. I watched him a lot, and I just don't think he's that good a player. I don't see him as a $13 million a year guy. I don't understand. I'm not sure other teams are offering this kind of money for him. I'd be very surprised if he had another deal in this range. He's a great athlete. He's, a, he's an average corner at best. Like he, He's not a number one corner. I guess he could be a number two corner, but then why wouldn't you just take Troy Hill for $6 million a year instead of 13 for a Dory Jackson? I don't get it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what other deals he had. It does seem kind of high, but I I just like the moves that they're making. I like that they have him and James Bradbury wasn't bad and and Logan Ryan was really good last year. I think I think this team has a lot of potential. They they signed another player that we'll talk about soon uh, on the other side of the ball, and um, I don't think they're done. I think they're gonna have a good draft too for once, and um, I'm I'm actually really intrigued by what the Giants are doing. Let's get right to that other sign, signing the Giants made. Kenny Galladay, the best receiver available, left, signed four years, $72 million. Uh, I think the biggest wide receiver deal by far this offseason. I think it's a little high for a guy who has not been a bastion of hell. What do you think about this deal for the Giants? Um, I like that they got Kenny Galladay. I don't like the money that they spent on him. I, I agree with you. I don't think that he was worth this money, and I thought it kind of came out of nowhere, and he seems to have a lot of suitors. I know he's a big guy. I know he's big talent, and he played well when he was actually healthy, but I think it's a lot of money for this guy, man. I like Kenny Golden as a player, by the way. This is not me insulting him. It's just a health issue. Um, if the cap goes up in a few years like you think it will, this deal could look like a steal. So there is that thinking ahead, but $18 million a year is a lot for a receiver who I don't think is a top five receiver. Probably not even a top seven receiver. Nah. Yeah, I, I think if I was building a team for next season, probably wouldn't be in the top ten. I just, I like the physical abilities. I'm just not sure I like the money. And the Giants, if, if they get good quarterback play, they have a chance because their defense is really good to make the playoffs. I would like them to sign two receivers in the like seven million dollar range to have more depth than getting this one guy that would make more sense to me well i guess they tried that last year with uh golden tate and slayton and uh sterling shepherd and maybe they just wanted a, a big receiver uh going another direction i 
I agree with you. Like he he um never was a top five or top seven guy. Uh, top ten at best, I guess. Like if I had to think about it, at best maybe during pockets of the season. But even then, I don't know if he was. I don't know. I don't think he's even a top ten guy. I think his upside is probably a top ten guy. He just hasn't been that yet. He has the physical abilities to be a top ten receiver. He just yeah. hasn't done it all yet. But, I hope he gets and, there, but I have my doubts. And and that's the thing, like for a guy who had, was in a contract year, who couldn't stay healthy, like I have my doubts about him staying healthy now that he's got a good portion of money in the bank. Yeah, that's exactly right. Webb hates players that have gotten paid. He wants every player poor. That is Webb's goal. He he does not believe in players getting money. It's disgraceful how Webb thinks. I'm not going to lie to you guys. You're the biggest troll out there. <laughs> I agree. Webb, I want to talk to NBA trade deadline. But first, I'm going to say one thing really quick. Sammy Watkins is taking a visit with the Indianapolis Colts on Wednesday. If the Colts give me Sammy Watkins and Carson Wentz the same offseason, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> Yes, I I saw that. I didn't want to tell you anything because it was just a visit. I didn't. I wanted to make funny of you with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a backing, something firm before I made fun of you. So uh, I wanted to wait until he signed before I said anything. But yeah, it'd be pretty funny if if that's who you get. If the Colts let T.Y. Hilton go and sign Sammy Watkins, oh my God, I'm gonna be so furious for like six days. It's going to be really bad. Uh, don't Andy, guys, don't do it to me. Don't do it to me, Andy. Don't you still have Pascal? We do have Zach Pascal, who I like. We gave him a <laughs> second-round tender. I like Zach Pascal. He's all right. I would take him over Sammy Watkins. I'm not even lying. I really would. Of course. Has Sammy Watkins ever been healthy for three games in a row, ever? I think so, but it was on the Chiefs where he wasn't featured that much, so probably didn't notice it. Probably, yeah, I, I think so. I just don't care about him at all. Bad. Okay, let's move on to the NBA trade deadline before we get to the tournament. The trade deadline is March 25th at noon Pacific time, so 3 p.m. Eastern. A lot of players are on the block here, Webb. Aaron Gordon came out today and said he asked to be traded from the Orlando Magic. Kyle Lowry has been involved in trade talks. John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks apparently could be moved, although I think that's less likely now. Victor Oladipo. Of the Houston Rockets, who have lost 20 in a row, is apparently available. Web, who gets moved and who stays home? Um, Orlando sucks. I would think that they they would try to get Aaron Gordon moved. I'm not really a big fan of Aaron Gordon as a player. And I think he can be serviceable in on some teams. But um, I think the Magic probably asked for too much for Aaron Gordon. Uh, I think Lowry stays in Toronto. Um you mentioned Oladipo. I think Oladipo's gone after he turned down that contract extension. I don't think uh, Houston can afford to lose him for nothing because that team is just, I don't know, man. They're, yeah, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that team. Um, Harrison Barnes' name came up uh, as well. Like He's been linked to the Celtics for some time. Um, I don't see why the Magic just don't trade some of their players. Why don't they get rid of Terrence Ross? I like Terrence Ross. Why don't they trade for him and see what they can get? Why don't they trade Aaron Gordon and see what they can get? I don't understand why they're hanging on to these guys. Um, I think there are a bunch of guys that can go. 
I saw that message in our group chat where apparently the GM in Orlando is asking for multiple first-round picks for all these guys and a young player. He's being totally unreasonable for players that are not that good. So unless he lowers his asking price, I think these guys are all going to stay because it's really stupid. <laughs> he thinks these guys are great, and they're not great at all. Yeah, or they're just being greedy. Uh, I think I think, that, I think the trade deadline will be busy. Um, I think Kelly Oubre is gone. I don't see why they'd keep him, Golden State. Um, and Alonzo Ball has also been linked to the Clippers and uh, some other teams, um, Denver. So that can happen as well. Um, JJ Redick has been linked in trade rumors for a while. So hopefully they free him because he's old and he's not really getting that much playing time. Uh, Evan Fournier in Orlando as well, a name I forgot to mention. Al Horford probably gets bought out or something because they, they just don't play him. He just rests all the damn time. Um, also, Aldridge, Marcus Aldridge on the Spurs probably Andre gets bought Drummond. out. Andre Drummond on Cleveland. Uh, I'd be surprised if they bought him out. I can't see a team passing on trading for him. I, I imagine some team trades for him. But if not, then I imagine that he gets bought out. Marcus Smart. Um, teams would probably try and go after. I think Atlanta wants Marcus Smart. Uh, Wendell Carter, I, I imagine, on Chicago. Um, he's not in Billy Donovan's uh, good books. So I imagine like they try to move him as well. And I, I, I always think Denver would try to make a move because that team is looks like they're a first-round exit. So I don't see why they wouldn't try to move Gary Harris, Will Barton, maybe even Porter Jr., Who's who can't stay healthy? So for Porter Jr., there is the thought that they could trade him for a star. They could get an elite player back for Michael Porter Jr. I think that's possible. I think teams would do that as well. He has flashed so, a lot of a lot of top level talent. I wouldn't trade for Porter Jr. I, I I think you're right. I think teams probably are very high on him. I wouldn't trade a high level talent for Porter Jr. because he can't stay healthy at all. I think it's just the risk is not worth it. And um, but yeah, you're probably right. And if and if that's the case, and Denver can do it, they should do it because they're very undersized and they're very thin. I thought Denver's strength was going to be its depth, and a lot of their players have left that for the last few years. Their general manager drafted too well; he couldn't keep all these guys, and it's just been too bad for them. Yeah, so they're. I think Denver's in trouble. If Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray are not scoring like 40 points each in a game in the playoffs. I don't know how they beat teams. They barely won the other night. Back to Kyle Lowry really quick. Apparently his preference is to go to Miami, play with Jimmy Butler. Uh, he prefers that over Philly even, which I found to be really interesting. I think there's a chance Toronto does trade him. They know they don't have a chance to win it all this year. They may give him his exit to where he wants to go. I could see that happening just to do him a solid. I, uh... I'd rather go to Miami than Philly, too. Philly is... I don't think Philly is much better than they were last year. They, the areas that we thought they were going to improve in with the outside shooting don't exist. Uh, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. And, I mean, Embiid's play has elevated. And I think that's about it. Uh, I don't really see them as, as much of a, a threat. Um, but Lowry, I'd, I'd be surprised with if they did that just because, uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's, 
although Toronto struggled this year, like Lowry's done so much for that team. I think he'd ultimately like to stay ultimately like to stay in Toronto if he could, but if they're willing to ship him out, he'd want to go to a contender. I'd I'd be surprised if they don't keep him. He's been really good for them this season too. What do you think about number two overall pick taken before Luka Doncic, Marvin Bagley? There's some talk that he could be moved this time of year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's going to trade for him, but um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like I, I don't know where he fits in for sure. Like I, I think I think he's a decent player, uh, but I'd be surprised to see teams like really clamor for him. I, I, I figured that teams would would try and get Harrison Barnes or Buddy Hield more than than. Uh, than uh, Bagley. I think Bagley's upside is very high if he can put it together and stay healthy. I just, I'm not sure he'll ever be able to live down that he was taken before Luca. I think that does play a part in people's. That would like, it would bother you in your head every day, knowing that people think you're terrible because of <laughs> this, even yeah, though it's not your probably, fault at all. Probably. And he's been, he's on the team that has like the longest playoff drought in professional sports, so. That also doesn't help. Not good. Not good, Webb. Okay. It has been the first weekend of the NCAA tournament right now. It has been very exciting. Webb's bracket is looking great. Webb, who did you have to win it all again? I can't remember, since you were patting yourself on the back earlier. I never patted myself on the back. I had Ohio State and I think LSU I changed my pick to last week. So you had Ohio State winning the whole tournament. Now, a real quick question. I'm not 100% sure. I don't read too good. Ohio State was the number two seed, correct? Yeah, and in, in uh, the Midwest region. Midwest. Huh? So they played a team that was not very good. Who did they play with in the first round? I can't remember. Who was it? doesn't matter who they played. It was Oral Roberts, Webb. Oral Roberts they played. I, I just I remembered. My reading got a little better there real quick. So the team you had winning at all lost in the first round of the tournament. Are you telling me that's what happened? Yeah, 100%, man. Like, it, I think I also prefaced my picks with it's arbitrary and there's no science to it. I think uh, that busted 90, like 98% of brackets. I mean, that sounds like loser talk to me, Web. I don't know. It sounds like something a loser would say. <laughs> but I, me personally... I, I knew Oral Roberts was going to win that game. I personally knew it. And the reason I knew it was because you were so confident about Ohio State winning. And whatever you say, I just do the exact opposite, always. I'm glad. Call that the Coop Twist. I'm sorry, sorry. I said it was the mid the Midwest. It was the South region. Sorry about that. Another thing you got wrong, Webb. Good for you. Okay. Hey, man, I have, I, I have no qualms about getting this men's tournament wrong, like, the the rankings don't mean much to me. Like it's just it's one game. The rankings are based on votes. Like, and it's not even based on the best teams. It's best based on performance from that season. So it's just it's just so arbitrary. It's hard to obviously choose the right winner or the right uh, the right upsets. So I am going to be very honest right now. I do not follow college basketball too heavily. I love college football. I love NBA basketball. I have watched more college basketball in the last four days than I have the whole season, probably. Yeah, I, I am. Imp- yeah. I think that's what the majority of people in uh, around this time do. I've been impressed with some of these games. Some of them I've been not too impressed with. 
what has been the most impressive team or teams to you so far, Webb? Take in mind that he did think Ohio State was the best team. So, a grain of salt there out there, but. I never thought Ohio State was the best team. I thought that they had a good chance to win just based on how the brackets were, were formed. I didn't think they're the best team in the league. And sorry, in the, in the country. But I definitely had them beating, uh, Oral Roberts and, and, and other teams as well. Um, I'm just messing with you, Rob. Don't worry about it. Who has I impressed think, you so far, though? Give me some teams to watch. You and I both loved UCLA, even though they had a play-in game. They have advanced to the Sweet 16. Gonzaga has looked really good. They have advanced to the Sweet 16. Loyola yeah. has played amazingly so far. Give me some of your top choices. So Oral Roberts has looked really good. Uh, I'd say the team that surprised me is Baylor that's doing very well. Um, Gonzaga's looked good. They've basically done what they've done all season and had a wide margin of victory. Um, they've done really well. Uh, let me think who else. Um, your team, uh, Loyola Chicago, has done better than I expected. Uh, Syracuse has, I think I chose them as one of the, one of my sleeper teams. They did better than I expected. I, I, I thought they had beat San Diego State, but I didn't, didn't think they'd crush them like they did. Um, how is Buddy okay. Bayheim so good? Usually the coach's son is terrible. This guy's scoring, averaging 28 points in the playoffs. It makes no sense to me. He's been killing it. Yeah, I think I think he's really streaky. Like throughout the season, like he had his moments. Like he, he he's very streaky and he he can hit from outside. Um, he had his moments last year too, but I think he was coming off the bench and um, he's he's turned it up. He 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 did well. Um, he did well in the uh, in the in the ACC as well. And it's good to see him doing as well as that. He, he's leading this team now to the, the Sweet 16. And we'll see what happens, man. I like seeing these teams that are, are not – I mean, Syracuse is kind of a big name, um, but not as big as, like, the Kansases and the Kentuckys and the Dukes and, and the UCLAs. So it, it, it's kind of nice to see uh, Syracuse doing well when – they barely made it in. I'm going to be honest with you, Webb. I am rooting against Gonzaga now for the rest of this tournament. I'm going to tell you why. It's Drew Tri- Drew Timmy's mustache. It is disgraceful. His own mother said that he has to shave it before the next game because it's so disgusting looking. He has said it's going to stay. I am actively rooting against seeing less of that mustache. He had 30 points today, and nobody cares because that mustache is so trash. <laughs> and, and, and he had a very good game. I think... Again, like I said last week, that this is the best uh, starting lineup in the in the country. Um, they got very lucky that uh, Oregon advanced to uh, to the round of 32 after the COVID outbreak for VCU. Because I think VCU had a good chance to beat Oregon as good as a, of a team that Oregon is. And I think VCU would have had a good chance against uh, Gonzaga as well. But um, yeah, Timmy's mustache is not for the faint of heart. Okay, so Villanova has advanced to the Sweet 16. They have really impressed me. They were considered the favorite to win their conference. They lost to Georgetown. They were a five seed. I always like relying on teams who have older guys. The younger D'Archino uh, brother's there now. He's been playing pretty well. I think Villanova has a chance now because they have been together for a long time as a team. 
their coach is one of the best coaches in college basketball. He's won two championships the last seven years. Am I crazy to think Villanova has a chance to win it all? Yes. <laughs> Why? I just think they're better teams out there. I think Villanova was well, – they were, they were all right throughout the season. Like, I think they underperformed. I think teams like Baylor could beat them. Um, I think they can go a little bit further. They can probably go to, to the Elite Eight. Um, sorry. They won't beat Baylor, so they won't go to the Elite Eight. But even if they do get to the Elite Eight, I don't think they get past uh, past the Final Four. And um, I think teams like Gonzaga can beat them. I think teams like LSU uh, can beat them. Um, I think UCLA, if they were to have this Cinderella run, would beat them. Uh, Houston. So, I don't know, man. Like, who the hell knows? Maybe Villanova wins it all, but, like, I would be – very, very shocked if that happened. Okay, so my, my team going in was Loyola of Chicago. I love Sister Jean. You hate 101-year-old women, so you were rooting against them. Why would you say that? This <laughs> is how it was. You hate 101-year-old women. That's a fact. They beat overall number one seed, Illinois. They beat the brakes off them. Uh, their center uh, is amazing, apparently. They were the eight, an eight seed in their conference, in their like bracket. I did some research on this after they won against Illinois. They were the number nine ranked team based on all the analytical stats in the country. So having them as the eighth seed in the, in the bracket was insane. Is it possible that Loyola goes on a serious run here back to the final four? I don't know, man. It, it, this, this thing is so predicated on momentum and, 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 and good matchups and, uh, you know, just luck sometimes. So it's possible. I, I don't know what to think anymore. Like, that's what I said. Like the seeding is it's is is a misnomer. It's not really indicative of how good a team is. So many things that go into it. There's analytics. There's you know opinions. There's all these sorts of things. Um, I didn't feel that Michigan really was a one seed, but they were a one seed in the East, and it's just you know there's so many factors that go into this whole thing in determining the seeding and the brackets and all that other stuff. So. Uh, I don't really put too much stock into the, the seeding. It's more the matchups and the, and the, the teams, uh, because UCLA was, UCLA was the last matchup, the first four in, one of the first four in, and, um, they could have a, a, a late run or a long run, I should say. UCLA beat Abdel Christian today and they killed them. I, I really think that we're going to see a seed. That no one saw coming win this tournament. I think this is a crazy year, and I would really enjoy that personally to have like a seven, eight, nine seed win the whole tournament. I can't remember that happening besides uh, Connecticut, UConn when Kemba was there. I think they were a five or an eight seed. And they won the whole thing. Besides that, it doesn't really happen. Yeah, it's usually one of those favorite teams. You might, you'll probably have like one of the lower ranked teams or the lower seeded teams, maybe make a Final Four. But that it usually stops there if it happens, and uh, yeah, it, it would be nice to see. Like I, I made multiple brackets after I made my prediction last week, so I had uh, I'm gonna hedge here. Like so, I had Ohio State in one, and then I had LSU in another, and I had Illinois in another, and still have two alive. So we'll see what happens. I think LSU is also a very underrated team. I've been saying that for a while. I think they're going to beat Michigan tonight. Uh, they're playing right now. It's halftime in the game right now, actually. 43-42 yeah. at Michigan. And 
this, these tournaments are crazy. It is completely predicated on luck, I agree with you, and how the ball bounces for you. Some teams are just clearly overmatched. Like Houston beat up on Cleveland State. Cleveland State never had a chance in that game. But some of these teams that, like, the two versus nine or whatever, they're not a mismatch. Those teams are very close. I think these rankings are very stupid most of the time. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, you and I both said UCLA um, was going to come in and, 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 and just not dominate, but beat up on BYU. We weren't surprised at that, but people would call that an upset. Um, 11 over 6, yeah. 100% something did. Uh, let me see another one. Uh, Maryland over UConn. Wasn't surprised by that. I know you at 10 and a 7 isn't that huge of a gap, so it's not a big deal. Um, but uh, let's see. Oregon State over Tennessee. I wasn't that shocked, although Tennessee was a, a, a good team. I wasn't that shocked. Um, North Texas over Purdue surprised me. Um, let's see. Yeah. So there were some there were some that surprised me. Ohio over Virginia, you know, with the history that Virginia had, and also Ohio being a a, a good team statistically, didn't shock me that they beat Virginia. Didn't shock me. Either way, I would have been fine with it. I was a little surprised by that one. I thought Virginia was going to win that game, and I felt bad for because they were the defending champions. I wanted to see them go farther, but. Ohio was down by quite a bit against Creighton, and they're making a little bit of a comeback right now. I think they're probably going to lose, but the game is better than I thought it was going to be. This is interesting. Right. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a crazy year. I think I think some teams are going to just kind of disregard this year because uh, it's COVID, and you know some of the powerhouses were out, so some people some teams might just see it or regard it as kind of a, an anomaly. Um, so. We'll see what happens. Like, but there are some there are some decent prospects in the in the tournament, and also in the in the NIT as well, the National Invitational Tournament tournament uh, that we should look out for as well. So it's good to see that. Uh so potential number one overall pick, Kate Cunningham, was knocked out, I believe, today or yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, Oregon State beat them. Were you surprised by that? I know you love Kate. You think he's a potential star. I have my doubts. But what do you think about Kate Cunningham? Oh, I don't think this will change anything about him. Um, I think he's I think he's a locked a lock for the number one pick. Uh, straight, like just one of the best scorers in the country. Um, yeah, I don't think it changes anything at all. I don't think the tournament really hurts players. Uh, really, like it, it it can maybe help a player a little bit, but I don't think it really hurts players. Like DeAndre Ayton, those guys were a powerhouse and got booted out first round against Buffalo and it didn't do anything to his stuff. You know what's crazy is my first thought was DeAndre Ayton as well. Yeah. <laughs> like he got knocked out right away and he went number one, so it's fine for anybody. Yeah, I don't think eh, like Ben Simmons was the number one overall pick, uh, you know, the, the the favorite for the entire year and they didn't even make the tournament. So like I don't think it really hurts your stock. I think it can help you a little bit. Um See a guy like Kemba Walker who won the whole thing. Uh, I mean, he wasn't that high of a pick. He was also undersized, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't think it can serve to hurt you that much, man. Honestly, you can have a bad, bad showing. Iowa DeSunmu, my favorite player from this year on Illinois, uh, didn't have a great game. Did not have a great game against Loyola. 
and I still think his his stock is intact. Um, I don't think it's going to drop. Whether you have him in, in the teens or you have him in the in the twenties or whatever, like I don't think it'll really change. Okay, explain to me why Loyola center Cameron Kudwig isn't the number one pick in the draft. Why he's, he's not, amazing? Because, he's amazing. He's the best player uh, of all time. Uh, <laughs> because I think I. I think it's going to be very hard for a center to be a number one pick in the draft unless he's a fantastic rebounder and scorer, or he could also, he's very young, probably have to be very young, probably have to be a freshman, uh, sophomore at, at, at the, the latest and probably have to play for a big school. I don't think a school like Loyola is going to produce a, uh, a top three pick unless it's just a weak class. So him being six, nine is not helping me here. But I'm going to say real quick, he is the fourth person to ever have 1,500 points, 800 rebounds, and 300 assists. The only other guys to do it are Oscar Robertson, Larry Bird, and Hersey Hawkins. So he's an elite company there. I'm just saying, if you need a small ball five, he's your guy. He has an elite, he's an elite passer. I would, I'm obviously joking about the number one pick, but if you were picking a pick 20 to 32, I would genuinely take him. I think he's he would help an NBA team. I'm not even lying, but I really think he would. Well, good luck with that, Coop. <laughs> he's a good passing big man. They need those. He can right. stand to get in better shape. All right. I think, are there any uh, other players you want to talk about? Uh, Yeah, sure. I guess players that are still... You want to talk? We can talk about players that are still in the tournament. You already mentioned Drew Timmy, uh, Corey Kispert, um... Luca Garza out of the tournament today. Uh, he's had a had a fantastic career at Iowa, uh, but he's out now. Uh, a guy that we didn't get to see in the tournament is Sean Highland from VCU. Um, David McCormack on Kansas. He had COVID. I think he had a really good game for uh, one of his like his first game back. Cam Thomas, who's playing right now on LSU, uh, has been fantastic this year. Uh, Johnny Juzang on UCLA has been great. McKinley Rad in Colorado, uh, I think will have a very good uh, role as a reserve. Uh, let me see. Jared Butler, COT, Gun Baylor. We already talked about Kate Cunningham. Uh, Quentin Grimes on Houston, solid. You mentioned Villanova, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's been good for the last couple of years. Um, and Ohio State uh, have three guys who I think will go in the draft. Uh, E.J. Liddell, who a lot of people are unfairly giving a lot of flack to, Dwayne Washington Jr., and uh, Justice Suing. Um, Trey Mann from Florida, also gone. Um, still in the tournament from Oregon, Canadian player, but he's a little older, Chris Duarte. And uh, I think in the second round, a guy who be, get decent looks is uh, Armando Baycott on on Carolina, North Carolina. Um, not to mention Evan Mobley on USC and Iowa DeSun. We already talked about uh, Kofi Cockburn if he comes out, and a bunch of other guys. That's why I don't think your boy uh, <laughs> on on Loyola uh, has a shot of going in the first round. But who the hell knows, man? Okay, so even though your prediction was absolute garbage last time, give me your new prediction. Who's going to win the tournament now? Oh, I have no idea, man. 
I'm, I'm not going to give a name. Give me one team. Who do you think is going to win? I'll stick with LSU. I'm I going have, Loyola. Okay, good luck. Loyola, Villanova. That's my prediction. Loyola or Villanova. Those are my guesses. Okay. You chose two. I chose one. Good to see that confidence. <laughs> I hate you very much. I, 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 love, I love LSU, man. They have a good coach. They have one of the best scorers in the country. Uh, they have fantastic chemistry. Played in a good conference. I like what I see from them. I'm not going to count out Gonzaga yet. But I'll, if I had to choose one, I like I like LSU. I also like LSU's path. Uh, if they can beat Michigan tonight, which I think they will, I like their path and their confidence getting to the Final Four. And then I think they can beat Alabama if they face Alabama in the Final Four. Sorry, in the Elite Eight. Sorry about that. Very interesting. Okay. I think we're going to end it there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on Twitter, at Venoms. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. If you don't subscribe, Web will cry. That's just a fact. That's true. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great night. Yep. Yeah.